Welcome to Big Life Conversation on this fine Monday afternoon. We'll be with you from 4 to 6 p.m. today. Uh, We have got a show lined up for you. But before we begin, a little thank you to Tiny Tim playing the hits prior to our program. And uh, just a little bit of weather. So, yes, it is fine out there today. It it was a low of 13 overnight, but a high of 31 degrees. And it certainly is quite toasty out there. Very different to what we had over the weekend, uh, that's for sure. I hope you are having a wonderful start to the week. Happy Monday. And a big happy Monday to you, Barbara O'Sullivan, my co-host for the day. Thank you, Nicole McAuliffe. And, yes, um, you've had a busy day with school graduates and all sorts of things going on Um, and it's that time of year with school concerts so uh, it's all happening Uh, but yes finally summer has bitten it would seem it has has it has this is our first program for the summer period so we can we can start to uh, introduce a couple of um, dare I say it Christmas carols (laughs) I'm wearing my Christmas t-shirt I noticed there was something Christmassy about you there a bit of sparkle there and I'm I'm a little bit dressed up because we've had a grade six graduation on today which was very exciting for all involved so little people finishing up at grade six ready to get into the the big school next year and the long pants ah the long (laughs) pants although I have one who will not wear long pants oh really oh okay I don't know if his knees are going to get cold enough at some point and uh, he may change his mind Um, but uh, very much looking forward to getting into the um a big a secondary space. Yeah, yes. I think uh, I think the grade sixes are well and truly um, ready. So that was oh, exciting today <laughs> as well. So yes, we might have a few little Christmassy, well, not songs today, but we're we kind of allowed because it's past that first of December. So in my view, first of December is kind of the time that you might put up your Christmas tree, your Christmas yes. decorations. Your cards. And you're allowed to yes. start talking about. Do you Christmas. still get as many cards, or do you still send cards, mm, Nicole? Look, only a few. Usually direct family will send cards okay. and um, we will send out a few. We do the obligatory boys' Santa photo oh, yes. at one of the shopping centres or wherever Santa oh, yeah. may be found. And uh, we send that off as our um, as our Christmas card. So I'm not sure what a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old will think about that this year, <laughs> um, but we're going to give it a go anyway. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but it's, it's a nice thought anyway. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's tell everyone about the show that we have planned for you today. Obviously, we have our wonderful tunes and our little regular segments, what gets up our nose, what makes our day, joke of the week. Uh, we've been <laughs> looking for some jokes, but alas, no one has posted any for us. <laughs> Uh, so I might have to rely on a couple of um, messages from the family. Oh, yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to um, telling you a few new jokes. Uh, and uh, we also have two wonderful guests. So, Barbara, do you want to tell us about the first guest? Yes. That we have today? Um, looking forward to chatting to um, Esther Yorkey, um, who has recently joined the staff uh, at the Jewish Museum of Australia. And she is going to be telling us about the wonderful Mark Chagall exhibition, which is, believe it or not, finishing up after several months, uh, finishing up uh, this um, Sunday uh, down in, um, in Alma Road in uh, St Kilda. And she's also going to tell us about some interesting 
highlights or interesting things to look forward to next year at the museum. So very much looking forward to having a chat to her. Yes, that's coming up uh, just after 4.30 today. And we also have regular of the show, the wonderful Cuppy Nambia from Nambia Hogg Family Lawyers. And uh, today she's going to be talking to us about divorce. So I imagine this is a very big part of what she does in family law, but going to go into a little bit of the, the nuts and bolts about what that is. It can be a really tricky time this Christmas period for lots of people and um, not only sort of a sad time for those people that might not be around that were around last year, but also those that might be separated as well. So um, exactly. quite a time, timely topic for us to talk about that as well. Um, so we will definitely uh, launch into that uh, after five o'clock today. So uh, we might have a, a little tune. We might come back with some birthday messages yes, got a few that to we mention. like to do. <laughs> um, a few little birthdays to mention um, and uh, a bit of a, a prelude into that. I've got a couple of songs that are more, I guess, graduation celebratory oh, yes. given where I've been today. And I'm going to start with this one by a Maroon 5. This is called Memories. Back with you on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. We are on 3WBC 94.1 FM and we've got a few tunes lined up for you today. But we like to start with the birthdays, don't we, Barbara? We will just. We will actually. And we also want to send a cheerio to um, our co-host Jacinta who will be joining us a little bit later via phone, we hope. Yes. Yes. Looking forward to hearing from her. I think where she has been, not such a hot (laughs) day, but a very rainy day. Rather wet. Very, very wet. So I might hear what's going on up in Gippsland and also um, check in with you, Jacinta. So I'm looking forward to speaking with you later for our first show of summer. But there are a few birthdays, isn't there? There's a few rock and roll birthdays. I'd like to um, actually mention um, uh, Jim Morrison. Are you a fan of The Doors? I am a fan of of The Doors, although I was going through my little list of their tunes and I was like, there's no short songs when it comes to The Doors. They do take a while. Um, And there's a couple of songs that you can't sort of really put on air as well. um, But there are a few key tunes that I did like. Yes. Um, Is it my top, you know, band no um but i do like quite a bit of their music yeah and i'm a big fan of them and um also um little richard um as well so um i think he, i think he, is he still around i'm pretty sure he's still around actually well, little richard i actually don't know i think he is actually right. and uh the late great maria callas ah, um beautiful voice opera star yes yes also um closer to home i'd like to send uh birthday cheers to my friend lucy who's having a birthday today happy birthday lucy my friend birthday. Jane, who's got a birthday tomorrow. We're surrounded by Sagittarians here who are celebrating. Yes, happy and birthday. Exactly. My nephew, Luke, lucky young lad, um, he's turning 20 on um, Friday and is, with, uh, is currently uh, at, over at Oxford with uh, my brother Paddy um, and uh, my sister-in-law, Marita. So um, they're having a very interesting stay over there. And happy birthday, Luke. And then my goddaughter, Sarah, the one in Hamburg, who's recently become a, um, a mother, She's having a birthday on Saturday, and um, wow! Also, my friend Robin and Perry's uh, daughter Catherine, who's having a, do- a birthday on Saturday. So I'm surrounded wow. by them. Oh, yes. there's a few. There's been a few fiftieths in around my oh, circle, yes. and in fact, since I last saw you, I've been to three Christmas events and one fiftieth birthday party. Oh, and, wow. a, and a graduation. <laughs> Goodness. Um, so lovely. Uh, Sally had her celebration of her birthday. 
yesterday, but uh, the birthday was actually about a, f- a few weeks ago oh, now. Okay. But yes. Um, yes, a few 50s going around as well. I just said it was the new 40, so for them <laughs> not to worry about it. Um, Sounds good to me. <laughs> so yes, a few little birthdays there. So thank you for those. Um, I don't know if I know too many Sagittarians, but you obviously do. There's quite a few in your your family <laughs> yes. orbit and group as well. So quite a lot there as well. And I'm glad for the, uh, those people having it early in the month because, as you know, the closer we get to Christmas, sometimes people, I think, feel like a little bit overshadowed by Christmas if their birthdays are very close to the 25th. So, yes, exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're um, going to um, have a little segue to the shovel. But uh, as you know, part of our little celebration of our show we like to get together and have a bit of comedy um, and we're actually attending the annual comedy gala the war on 2023 um, which is uh, coming up very soon um, on uh, Saturday and Friday and Saturday the the eighth for and the us it's the 8th and the 9th mm. and there are still tickets available for the Melbourne and Sydney shows I think Oh, they're doing it too. You That's can right. still yes. um, get quite a few of those shows. Um, my phone is actually dinging because there's a whole lot of wonderful <laughs> jokes coming oh, through yes. as we speak as well. Material. <laughs> um, but there will be plenty of material there and we'll be able to uh, share a little bit of the um, wonderful things that come from the shovel. Um, I'm just looking up the little article that I had for us to share as well, um, but that's escaped me momentarily, so I might have to, to come back to that one as well. But if you're looking for a little bit of um, fun and um, frivolity, um, there is a lot of great um, great sort of comedic things coming up I guess next year we've got the comedy festival but it kind of you know starts rolling in towards the end of the year as well so I think we'll enjoy a little bit of that all right so um we might have a little celebration of the doors and perhaps even a little Richard given it's their uh rock and roll birthdays (laughs) um this is light my fire by the doors Good old Tootie Fruity. That's an oldie but a goodie. Um, wonderful little Richard there celebrating a birthday. And then before that, the doors light my fire. And uh, we have our first guest with us in the studio. Welcome to the studio, Esther. Hungry like the wolf. Uh, we're getting a little bit hungry here. And we um, have our first guest on the line. Uh, can you hear us there? The lovely Esther Gorky from the Jewish Museum. Welcome to the show. Hello. It's lovely to be here. Lovely to have you on board. Tell us all about some of the new displays that are in the museum. Well, currently, it's Barbara here, Esther. Um, currently, you've got Chagall, haven't you, Mark? the wonderful exhibition uh, featuring Mark Chagall's work, which I was fortunate enough to see uh, the other day. But um, that's been going for a little while. I finally got Mac together to see it. It's finishing up this Sunday. Is that right? That's right, yes. Um, so we're all a bit sad, actually, to be saying sure. goodbye. It feels like it's uh, flown by, but it's just it's an incredible exhibition. Um, it just it, It's such a joy to walk through. It is. And I was going to ask you, actually, how has the response been? Have you been getting a lot of people through the doors? A lot of people, yes, um, and lots of new visitors who have never visited the Jewish Museum oh, before great. from you know, around Melbourne, across Victoria, you know, even even more broadly. It's been really wonderful. The response has just been amazing. We actually have 
a lovely guest book at the front entry and it's just really lovely to read uh, just how much the exhibition and um, Mark Chagall's work has impacted people. Well, he was quite an amazing man. I mean, he lived a very long life, uh, which is not um, always the case for uh, artists. Who uh, He seemed to be... He seemed to be um, a lover of life and certainly, uh, as you said, his works, when you see them, they're so full of um, joy and just positivity. They're very uplifting to, to look at. Do you find that? Absolutely. So you're right. He actually, he died age 97 and <laughs> oh, wow. uh, his work really, it explores humanity and it's very colourful and it is really full of joy. Um, you know, people have described it as pure joyousness. And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, on, what sorry. I think is amazing about this exhibition, and, and I'll just say that uh, I, it was curated by the incredible curator Jade Nicolai, and the exhibition design was done by um, Anna Treglowen, mm. and together they have really just created this amazing experience. So as you walk through, there's all the work by Chagall, but also there is uh, the way that they have done it. You really kind of walk into quite a theatrical space, and so you feel really immersed by this joy and this colour in addition to actually seeing Chagall's works on the wall. Well, he was sorry, very prolific and, and incredibly versatile, um, apart from his beautiful paintings, a lot of, of which, of course, explore themes uh, from the Bible and romantic love. Um, he was also um, a theatre designer, wasn't he? And he painted the mural of the, uh, the ceiling of the Paris Opera House. Uh, he was uh, quite, uh, quite a polyglot. Exactly, you're absolutely right. So the exhibition actually focuses on his printmaking on and, and on public art as well. So it's, yeah, like you said, um, the Paris Opera House. There's also these incredible windows that are um, at the uh, Hadassah Hospital in Israel, which are reproduced here in full. Uh, and uh, and like you said, it, it would just it's amazing to see the public art as well as the smaller work. And uh, what is uh, really lovely about this exhibition that Jade has curated is that we have uh, gallery spaces here that are dedicated to Chagall's work, but we also have the uh, permanent galleries here at the Jewish Museum. Yes. And what Jade has done is she's actually uh, included Chagall's work in the permanent display where you see the objects of Judaica and you can learn more about Jewish culture and history. And she's actually uh, juxtaposed those with Chagall's work, and so it's actually really amazing to see his work next to these objects. Yes, it's quite fascinating, and uh, particularly, um, and quite beautiful too, some of his uh, stained glass window work, um, because he was commissioned by um, a lot of organisations, I think it was included the United Nations, I think, in um, in Washington, is that right, to, uh, uh, to, yes. to um, uh, design a, so, some stained glass uh, work, so uh, yeah, he was he got around, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and um, another part of the exhibition or, or the um, offering that we have at the Jewish Museum is for the first time we've also actually uh, commissioned a Melbourne-based artist Yvette Coppersmith as part of a contemporary art commission to almost respond to Chagall's work. Mm. So there's an, an additional exhibition by Yvette called Carnelian. Yes, that's beautiful and too. Yes, yes, it is incredible. So Yvette's an Archibald Prize winning artist. I remember that. She's exhibited nationally and internationally. Mm. And um, she's really taken inspiration. Actually, she's taken inspiration from Chagall, but also from Chagall's wife, Bella Chagall, um, who was yes. a writer and also his muse. And, uh, and she's created this incredible series. So it includes a number of self-portraits, which is what Yvette's really known for, yes. um, but also a number of additional abstract works as well. And, 
and uh, this romantic spirit, which is woven throughout Chagall's work, but also is now woven through Yvette's work as well. Yes, indeed. Now, is that one going to be finishing up um, on this Sunday as well, or is that, is that going for yes, a long? that also finishes on the um, on the tenth on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But so really excitingly, on Sunday we are actually extending our opening hours. Oh, so uh, we're holding a Chagall After Hours event and it's actually Yvette inviting everyone to an event called um, Yvette's Salon, <laughs> uh, which is an evening of collective creativity with Yvette and her friend and the internationally renowned violinist William Vivian Murray. Oh, so that will be a really nice way. You know, we're all sad to say goodbye. To what a farewell, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sounds exactly. lovely. But it sounds like uh, it'll be a really wonderful event and tickets are still available, actually, uh, the, that Sunday event is um, free with a ticket to the exhibition. So um, it's a, a really incredible way to say a sad farewell to the Chagall exhibition and event exhibition. Indeed. Now, this is actually, um, there was a similar exhibition, I think, a few years ago, was it using the um, Bible sort of um, as a theme of Chagall's work. Is that right? That's right. Actually, it was the opening exhibition um, when the Jewish Museum first opened mm-hmm. in the 90s. So, uh, um, it, it, it's nice to kind of you know, come again and, and show Chagall's work again. And uh, that exhibition was curated by Dr. Helen Light, who was the founding director of the museum, and, um, and, and unfortunately she passed away. And so this uh, exhibition is uh, really a tribute uh, to Helen. Certainly. And had her incredible work uh, at the museum over the exactly. decades. Yes, no, she's done um, some fantastic stuff. Um, I was just looking a, a bit about, um, I picked up a, actually a lovely book on Chagall while I was at the museum. Um, and, of course, he's been described as a poet, a dreamer, an exotic apparition. And he was the eldest of nine children and, of course, born in, um, in Russia, uh, but spent so much of his time in Paris and, uh, and, and well, really travelled around. But he was, he was a contemporary of, um, of Picasso, as wasn't I think they were rivals, but Picasso had, a, had quite a sort of seeking admiration for his work, I believe. Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of those artists in the mid twentieth century—they were just amazing, and they really, uh, I think, they really encouraged each other, and they really just um, together. They just wanted to be better and better and better, and uh, you yes, know, the, the result of some incredible works that we now see and, and we now get to experience. Exactly, mm. and sort of breaking new boundaries, just in terms of yeah, uh, yeah being very adventurous. Um, but I was also interested to see you've got some interesting old. Um, uh, film footage of Chagall as well, while uh, look, we're seeing some of the uh, the works that are being installed, some of the the stained glass works, and uh, also I think um, when uh, the work at the Opera House in uh, in Paris was uh, being installed as well. That's right, and there's this incredible. Uh, actually, the projection of the Opera House is just amazing, and uh, what I'm, I haven't mentioned actually is that there's a really beautiful soundscape in the exhibition. There too, is and watching the. Um, the projection of the work on the Paris Opera House and just sort of listening to the music. It's a really incredible experience to, to be in the gallery space. Mm, sounds lo- wonderful. It sounds lovely. It is beautiful. And, um, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not surprised that it's been very popular. And it's, really, it's been it was quite a coup for the museum to get it, um, actually, because uh, how many works are there on display? Do you know approximately, Esther? That is an excellent question. <laughs> I haven't actually counted... Um, Quite a few. Quite a few, a lot. Yeah, (laughs) yes. And like I said, because it spills across uh, the permanent spaces as well, it it really is uh, uh, quite impactful. 
Yes, and I was interested to see also, and I was commenting to someone um, while I was there the other day, you can really see Chagall's influence on our own, or we like to call her owner, um, Sadie Nana Withers, but Mercamora, and just uh, in terms of the uh, the whimsical, poetic nature of the, of the works. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The colour and yes. also that joy that really just yes. uh, joyous, isn't it? vibrates out mm. of the works. You're mm. absolutely right. That's, uh, that's also really evident in Mercamora's works. Yeah. And these works have come from Chagall. They, you've, they've come from all over, have they? Some are online from various artistic um, institutions, I gather. Yeah, that's right. So some have been um, loaned from uh, internationally, others from the um, NGV here mm-hmm. in Melbourne, also the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Um, yeah, all, all across um, Australia and internationally, which is and, and private collectors as well. So we're really fortunate um, that uh, you know other institutions and individuals have loaned these works to us so that we can mm. share them. Absolutely. And so it's just on for, remind us when the closing is? This Sunday. So it closes this Sunday, this Sunday. the 10th. 10th um, yeah. at, well, and now it's 7pm because we have this event. <laughs> oh, special late night open, yes. Well, yeah. Highly recommended that people yes. get along to it. But I did have to... Um, have to mention that uh, be very careful maybe Sunday you might be safe but for the rest of the week I had a nasty surprise I went out on a high from the exhibition I needed to discover a nasty little uh, parking ticket on my car so do be very careful read those signs very very careful because um, yes and I was not the only one who was uh, who uh, was caught out there but um, anyway good word of warning indeed that took took the edge of it just slightly but anyway Mm -hmm. I was still uh, still delighted to see it and what about your own background though is to because you've only recently joined the Jewish Museum, I believe. That's right, yeah. I've, um, I'm just about to clock two months here Wonderful. Uh, at the museum. So um, my, uh, my background is as a curator. So prior to this, I was working at Walker Street Gallery in Dandenong mm-hmm. and also working on a few independent projects as well. Wow. And your role um, at, the, at the gallery now, what, uh, what exactly will you, uh, is your role? What, what are you specialising in? Sure. So my role is uh, as head of collections and interpretation, so leading the curatorial team. And also here at the museum, we have an incredible collection of over 25,000 objects. Also looking after the collection, yeah, and just making sure that uh, as many people see the collection, engage with the collection Mm. and learn from the collection. Mm. Fantastic. And can you tell us, or are you sworn to speak in terms of what we can look forward to uh, in the coming year, 2024th year? (laughs) Great question. We have, uh, it's not quite announced yet. Ah. I can tell you it will be uh, amazing and it will be uh, big. It'll be a big year for the museum next year. What I will say is actually we are closing over the summer for a couple of months to do some upgrades. Oh, yes. uh, Which is really exciting. Um, One of those upgrades I will say is that we are going to be opening a new children's space here at the museum. Oh, great. Which is really lovely. So, um, that will be a really nice addition to the space. And also we are moving our library and refreshing our library. Mm-hmm. So they're two really exciting things that um, we're looking forward to when we reopen early next year. We'll have those up and running. And then we'll have a number of exhibitions um, next year. So stay tuned. to come on. Uh, yes. Yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> have to come on again in 2024. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I'd love to come on and chat with you again. Yeah, um, for sure. Once, uh, once, uh, once that's all been announced. But yeah, uh, stay tuned. It will be announced Fantastic. And I know that the Jewish Museum has um, certainly been holding its own in terms of interesting uh, displays. Um, unfortunately, I, I missed the, both these two, but I didn't mention them on air. Uh, but uh, the Helmut Newton, the photographic exhibition that you had early in the year, 
and uh, also right. that was last year. Yes. Yes, and the Amy Winehouse one you had a bit before that as well. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, there's some um, very yeah, quite fascinating um, uh, Jewish um, artists and uh, creative people that uh, you you've celebrated there, and we look forward to checking out um, some more of those displays and exhibitions uh, in the coming year. Yes, well, we look forward to welcoming you know, both you, Nicole, and Barbara, and also your uh, audience. We'd love to see you come along, come along. to the Chagall exhibition this week, but also definitely next year to next all the year. exciting programs. That's wonderful. Fantastic. So, people, thank you so much, um, Esther. And so people can um, book just through the website there uh, um, online, or, or, or can you get tickets at the door also for uh, at, um, if you're talking about this coming Sunday or the rest of the, the, rest of the week? Yeah, so either you can um, book online and, uh, you know, we would recommend booking online for Sunday evening. Yes, yes. But yes. also if you're coming to the exhibition during the week or on Sunday, you can certainly just show up. Yeah. And, what, and what are your opening hours there? What, what days and hours are you normally open then? Sure. So we are open um, every day except for Monday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday to Sunday. Beautiful. Oh. And uh, we're open at 10 till 5. Thanks so much for um, coming and speaking with us about that and uh, some really great things to look forward to as well. So thank you so much, Esther, and and good luck with the rest of the exhibition and uh, for next year as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot, Esther, and happy Hanukkah to you all there. Okay. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yes. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that song did not want to play for us just then. (laughs) We thought we might go to a tune, but alas, that is not how it wants to work today. Um, You're on uh, 10 minutes to 5 o'clock here on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. This is 3WBC 94.1 FM, and we might just try this tune again. Barbara, being difficult. entertainment news for us. (laughs) Well, actually, I just really enjoyed having a chat to... um to Esther from the Jewish Museum, and as I highly recommend that uh, Chagall exhibition. Um, but on a sadder note, um, do you know the um, the Irish band the Pogues? Yes, yes. yes. Shane McGowan, lost. a bit of a bit of a wild man. Yes, um, but uh, he died too young, I think. Anyway, he was only sixty five, um, and he was going to be turning sixty six on Christmas Day. But um, anyway, he uh, sadly left us after after I think many years of struggling with. Um, uh, illnesses and uh, substance abuse and, and other things, um, a drug addiction. Um, but he uh, he was a, a compelling performer. Have, have you ever seen footage of some of the, some of the stuff? Um, yes, yes, the film clips were quite interesting too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, but he um, one of the um, well, one of the famous songs was of course um, uh, um, the one I think it was the. Uh, Christmas in New York. That was a that was a famous yes. one. And Dirty Old Town. Yes. Um, look, he, his style of music wasn't for everybody, but it was very gritty and real. He actually reminded me a bit of Tom Waits in his sort of style, um, and that sort of rough and ready kind of uh, wild piano man kind of uh, kind of approach. But anyway, he has left us behind. But um, yeah, some interesting music that um, he um, has uh, bequeathed us as well. So rest in peace, Shane. And. Uh, Yes, and I'm hoping that uh, he's he's found some peace elsewhere because I don't know whether he, he found a great deal in life, but certainly he, he did make a, an interesting contribution to the music scene. He did indeed. Um, we might go to a tune of a different kind. Um, I'm going to step back to the 80s a little bit um, and we might talk a little bit more entertainment before our next guest comes up. And we've got Cappy uh, Nambia from Nambia Hog Family Lawyers coming up shortly. So uh, let's see how this goes.
Oldie but a goodie, Planet Earth by Duran Duran, always a favourite of mine. Good old, the classic 80s mix that I like to have in the background, just in case my other songs don't play correctly. (laughs) There you go. Um, So, yes, we've had a a wonderful interview with uh, Esther Gorky from the Jewish Museum. And coming up, we have our next interview with Kapi Nambia. We've got a couple of other little entertainment bits and pieces for you before we go into those interviews and a little few little nutrition tips that we can talk about as well. Um, So, Barbara, you said you had another little snippet there for us. Yes. I want to mention... um, um, oh, we're on the subject of um, birthdays, musical oh, birthdays. Yes. Uh, Maria Callas, uh, she would have uh, been turning a hundred uh, just mm. around this time, and um, yeah, and to celebrate that, um, she was born on the second of December, nineteen twenty-three, and she died the sixteenth of December, nineteen seventy-seven. So she, in, um, so she didn't live very long. I think she was only in her fifties when she died, and all sorts of stories as to Too her young. dying of a broken heart uh, because. Um, the stories that I heard was that uh, she, she was devastated after her um, her lover of many years, Aristotle Onassis, and didn't marry her. He married Jackie Kennedy, and um, you know there were all sorts of stories, rumours floating around about that. But uh, anyway, uh, however, um, this uh, is an amazing technical technological um, feat, I guess you might say, Nicole. Um, so the European Union is proud to bring Marie Callas, La Divina, back to the stage using existing recordings of some of the arias which she's best known. So according to the blurb here, you're going to experience the seamless melding of state-of-the-art 3D hologram technology, mm. uh, the greatest of Callas' digitally remastered recordings and the live MSO in a unique one-night-only concert experience. So pathos, anger, passion, Maria Callas could express every emotion, which made one of the greatest singing actresses of all time. And you can experience the artistry and the intense emotional force of her greatest hits from Bellini, Bizet, Verdi, Kuno and more and more. She inhabits roles with passionate heat, heart-training vulnerability and fierce confidence. So that's coming up uh, this Thursday night, the 7th of December at Hamer Hall. So uh, check out the website. Sounds amazing. And yes, that seems to be the way to go. We can continue to have concerts of people... Present and past, yes, right. um, through this holographic kind of work. I've never which seen it. Have you really ever seen fascinating. Any of it? No, no, not I haven't either. But I'm t- rather intrigued. I know that ABBA has had one and yes. showing in other parts of the world. And it's been in Australia, but no, when I was overseas, people were talking about having traveling um, to Germany to see it, or traveling from Germany to London to see it. Um, but yes, there are there are. It's it's an interesting way of recreating some of the magic of those people who have those wonderful performers who've left us. I guess so. Mm, so if you're interested, um, check out the Art Centre Melbourne website for more yeah, details. Yeah, will do, will do. Um, caveat and warning, some Christmas information coming up. <laughs> um, so looking at the uh, wonderful Whitehorse news that we get copies of here um, at the um, Whitehorse station location, um, there are the Whitehorse carols coming up. So you can get your jingle on. It is time <laughs> to sing. Um, on Saturday the 16th of September, there's going to be an evening Evening filled with music, laughter, and holiday magic with the White Horse Carols. They kick off at 5 p.m. Um, free rides, face painting, and a delicious array of food to purchase. Um, and you can also snap a picture with Santa if you wish to. And there's going to be roving entertainers, so you can bring your picnic rug and find a spot. Um, and the performances start at 6:30. Best of all, it's a free event, so we love that. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, you know, obviously the um, 
a star-studded evening of entertainment. The Carols by Candlelight favourite Tim Campbell, um, with over a decade of captivating performances at Sydney and My Music, well, the Sydney My Music Bowl. Um, Tim is set to have us dancing and singing along with the Christmas um, uh, Christmas Carols. And performing earlier in the night is the Australian Children's Choir, um, the cast of Christmas Actually, and Whitehorse <laughs> Churches Care. So you can get a look out for that. Um, so as I mentioned, 5pm to 9.30pm with performances starting at 6.30. Um, the Whitehorse Carol is returning to the grounds of the Whitehorse Civic Centre Precinct and The Round, um, and that's at 399 Whitehorse Road, Nutterwadding. Uh, just a reminder that parking is limited at the precinct uh, and Walker Park, so we recommend walking, riding, um, carpooling or taking public transport to get there. So um, there is some accessibility information there as well, which is also wonderful. There's a chill-out space. There's Auslan interpreters, um, accessible view- viewing areas, um, a changing places facility, toilets, all gender toilets, parents' room and accessible parking. And if you want to find out more, you can go to creativewhitehorse.vic.gov.au. Um, so that should be lots of fun. It should be. And also, Nicole, it's that time again when the My Christmas windows are oh, yes. entertaining or adorning the city. And yes. guess what the theme is this year? I have not seen. Bluey. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes. How could it not be? Right. Um, he is, you know, very, very famous. She. Little, she. Oh, sorry. She. I was going to say, yes, Bluey. <laughs> sure. <laughs> she is very famous. And... Um, uh, so many shows and tributes, and there was something recently. Yes, that I in saw Queensland, coming they, up. Yes, there's going to be a big bluey, big or... immersive sort of theme park or something <laughs> along those lines. Yes. Yeah, so, if, for those of you who might have been living under a rock who don't know what we're talking about, yeah. yes, Bluey um, is, a, is an award-winning um, animated children's feature, an Australian show, and it's all about Bluey, the blue healer, the dog, and all her friends, her animal friends. So, um, and it's it's quite a charming little show, and it's and it's understandably it's popular with kids and adults. Have you seen it? Any bit? I've seen um, snippets of I've it. I've seen snippets of yes. the show. My kids were sort of bit old, bit older when yes. Bluey started, but uh, I imagine. And it would have been quite a favourite, yes. uh, and it's. I just heard about the um, the theme park this morning, mm, so yes. uh, I think if people want to get more of Bluey, they can certainly do that. In amongst all of the other theme parks that are there yes, for the holiday exactly. season as well, so something exactly. else nice to do. Um, and I do have to admit, you know, I was looking at the. Um, Whitehorse paper again that uh, there's a Christmas actually if you've if you've ever been a fan of Love Actually which is <laughs> we did actually sit down and watch Love Actually on the weekend and it's been on the TV again um, yes. it's on the TV again as it is always at this time a real good feel good one the thing is that it still ends up the same way everyone's story <laughs> still ends up the same way I wish you know Emma Thompson doesn't end up you know <laughs> yes with, uh, in a sad moment indeed, um, some fam- marital dramas yes, yes mm. um, uh, so some happy endings and some not so happy endings, but a really good feel good movie. Well, if you'd like to see Christmas Actually, which stars Libby O'Donovan, that's also on the fifteenth of December at seven thirty. Um, 
uh, and also the 16th of December at 1pm. Uh, and that is um, at the round as well, um, 69 to $73 for subscribers and under 30s. There is a discount as well. So you can check that out if you like that and want to see a live performance. So something nice to do there as well. Indeed. And um, while we're on the theme, A Christmas Carol, which is uh, the uh, based on, of course, the uh, famous book by Charles Dickens. Um, it's a musical um, winner of five Tony Awards, the smash hit Old Vic production of Charles Dickens' Immortal Classic, uh, has returned to Melbourne to the Comedy Theatre and um, it's right playing until the 7th of January. So that's a nice way to celebrate Christmas as well. Absolutely. Uh, it is uh, five minutes past five o'clock. You're on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. And coming up very shortly, we're going to have our second guest, Kapi Nambia from Nambia Hogg Family Lawyers. She's going to be talking to us all things about divorce. So we're going to have that coming up very soon. Uh, we might have another 80s hit before we do so. This is another one from the classic 80s mix. Uh, given that we're making a phone call, I thought this might be apt. That was Call Me by the wonderful Blondie from the wonderful 80s mix. And we've actually been calling in uh, our wonderful second guest, the wonderful Cuppy Nambia from Nambia Fam... Oh, sorry, Nambia Hog Family Lawyers. <laughs> and uh, she's going to be speaking to us all things around divorce, which is a tricky time of year to be talking about divorce. How are you today, Cuppy? I'm well, thank you, and so happy to be referred to in the same sentence as Blondie. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bit of a fan? <laughs> One of my all-time favourites. Oh, we love it. Yeah. So I, do we. Yeah. I thought while we were calling guests, we may as well have a bit of Blondie telling us to, to make that make that call as well. <laughs> so it's, it's always nice to have a few 80s hits on. I know we all sort of relish those here at the studio. Um, I how, just hope. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, I just hope that nobody thinks I have a heart of glass. Well, no, <laughs> no, we know you don't have a heart of glass. We know that you've got a heart of gold, really. We've we've loved all of the uh, little snippets throughout the year that you give us that um, hopefully are helping our listeners as well as ourselves with all things in that family law space, which, you know, we're certainly getting an education throughout the year, so we love that. <laughs> so a tricky topic. I know we were saying earlier and off air how um, Christmas can be a tricky time for lots of people, and um, and not only with from a grief perspective, but also well, it can be associated with divorce as well um, around divorce, and uh, um, it can be a, a tricky time for lots of people. But I thought you might be able to give us a bit of education about what divorce is, um, and a little bit around some of the basic around you know so what what happens how do we apply how do we um proceed through that if that's a decision that's being made um at the time okay um well firstly i, I want to say sometimes divorce can be considered a positive thing yeah. and i think that there's a bit of a trend i'm seeing in social media um for people to celebrate divorce as a new beginning it's the end of a relationship but it's also the beginning of a new life that's so right. We can look at it that way and put a positive spin on it. Um, so what is divorce? Divorce is the dissolution of marriage. It's the end of marriage, um, but it doesn't mean that you're finalising your parenting or your financial matters. It's 
it, it doesn't finalise any of those things. You need to do those things separately, but it is the end of your marriage and it enables you to get married again if you feel so inclined. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think, so, um, I think that's, you know important aspect that you've just mentioned there that sometimes you know if a relationship's not working or it's destructive or it's you know causing grief for all people involved then it can actually be a really positive move and a positive change and not everybody's miserable with everybody but you know sometimes <laughs> it's just you know the, the the living arrangements is not you know ideal for for that particular unit so um yes it can yeah. be a, a positive thing to be able to move on and and seek new change yeah that's right and it often so often people get the important things the things that are important to them sorted out first, which is often the parenting arrangements and yes. then onto the finances. Yes. And by the time they get around to applying for divorce, it's really the end of the process for them. And for a lot of people, they feel like they're tying a neat bow on the end of the process. Mm. Um, yeah. And the other positive thing about it is that you can do your divorce yourself, whereas a lot of the other stuff that comes with the end of relationship is much more complicated. Um, Jeremy Hogg and I are, are advocates for people doing their own divorce if they can. Yes. Um, you know, there are some circumstances in which you can't, but I think that it's something you can take control of, you can keep the cost down, and you can do the application yourself. It's all online. You file it online with the Federal Circuit and Family Court. Um, there is a portal set up for people to uh, act for themselves and file their own documents. It's the Commonwealth Courts portal. Okay. So you can prepare it yourself. Um, you can have a lawyer to do it, and look, sometimes people just can't face it, um, or for whatever reasons they're just not able to do it, um, and they prefer to have a lawyer to do it, but it's very much a part of the whole process that you can grab with both hands and do yourself. Yes, yes, and um, I guess that empowers people to um, move something forward and not have to wait for anyone or anything. Um, they can actually move forward on it and feel a little bit, um, I guess, constructive about it too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what I wanted to talk about was just a few bits and pieces for people to think about um, and just information that's important to have if you are considering getting a divorce. Okay. So before you start, um, there are a couple of different ways you can go about it. So you need to think about whether you want to file a sole application or a joint application. So a sole application, as the name suggests, is where you make the application by yourself. So... You decide that you want to make the application, you're the applicant, and the other party is then the respondent. So as applicant, you have to sign the application, but the other party doesn't have to. Um, but you do have to serve it on them. So you need to let them know that you've made the application. You need to give them a chance to respond if they want to. Um, but importantly, if there are no children and you make a sole application, you don't have to go to court. Nobody has to go to court. Yes. Um, but if there are children under 18, then the person who's making the application does have to turn up. Yes. And that's because the court needs to be satisfied that there are proper arrangements made for the children. Yes. Um, and so if there are any questions they want to ask, they need you to be there for that purpose. Okay. And Kathy, I was just going to ask, we hear so often, or in the odd as we see, about one party wanting a divorce and the other party not wanting one. Um, mm. How does that sort of thing resolve these days? Well, for the divorce itself, the... The only ground for divorce is that the marriage is broken down and there's no reasonable likelihood that you'll get back together mm -hmm. and you've been separated for 12 months. So okay. the way to evidence that is you've been separated for 12 months. So sadly for the party who doesn't want to be divorced, as long as the other party 
regards to marriage is over and communicates that to them. Mm -hmm. And they can tell them verbally, they can send them an email, they can have a lawyer write a letter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can put it on a post-it note. Um, like in Sex and the City, but um, <laughs> ouch! I divorce the, I divorce the, I divorce. Isn't that the case in some religions? <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's right. But we only need to say one. That's sufficient. And then, and then you can make the application. Yes. So, so in that instance, you would do a sole application because mm -hmm. the other party doesn't want a bar of it. If the two of you are agreed that you want to have a, that you want to be divorced, then you can do a joint application, mm -hmm. and then you're both the applicant, and you both sign the application. So usually one party prepares it, the other one checks it and signs it. Um, and the benefit of that is that you don't have to serve the documents on the other party, so it saves some time and some expense. Mm -hmm. um, and again, there's no court attendance required, even if there are children. If you if you've made a joint application, you've both signed off on it to say that there are proper arrangements children, you don't have to attend court. Mm -hmm. And these days it's a no-fault divorce that applies, is that right? Once upon a time uh, you, you had to prove of mental cruelty, cruelty or adultery on the part of the, the other partner and that sort of thing, is that right? Yeah, that's right. There had to be desertion or there had to be, I think, drunkenness might oh, have yes, been one or right. unfaithfulness. There were a whole lot of criteria and that's right. We now have, a since 1975, we've had a no-fault divorce system. So, um, in order to be eligible to apply for divorce, all you have to do now is, as I was saying, you have to be separated for 12 months, the marriage has to be broken down, uh, and there's no reasonable likelihood of getting back together, and then one party has to communicate it to the other. Um, some of the other things that, that, that are necessary to be eligible to apply for divorce, one of the parties has to be born in Australia, or not born in Australia, but is a citizen of Australia. Mm -hmm. um, or they have to be lawfully present in Australia for at okay. least 12 months and intend to continue living here. Yes. Okay. Um, and you need to file a copy of your marriage certificate. So if you can't find it or you tore it up or burnt it <laughs> or... Burnt <laughs> it? ...or disappeared from the house, you can get a copy from the Registry of Birth, Deaths and Marriages in the state or the territory that you were married in. Um, it can be a bit trickier if you're married overseas. You can, yes. you can get it. Yes, you can apply for it from the relevant authority in that country. Um, you might need to have it translated if it's in another language. Um, but if you can't get a copy of it, um, you can. Um, you'll, you'll need legal advice because you'll need to prepare an affidavit explaining why you can't get a copy. Yes, I was thinking how it might be difficult for uh, immigrants mm. or you know people yes. who've had you know, traumatic times and then realise, you know, it's it's not working here but uh, are unable to, to get documents. They might have fled, you know, places and locations. I imagine there's some tricky situations and scenarios there as well. Mm. War zones yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We, we recently had an example of a couple who'd been married overseas and the husband had a copy of the certificate but he wouldn't provide it to the wife. The wife wanted the divorce. She wasn't able to get a, a copy from the country of origin because of, I'm not exactly sure what the reason was, but there was some administrative red tape. Um, and there was family violence in that matter. And the wife um, swore an affidavit setting out um, that she was the victim of domestic violence, but the husband wouldn't give her a copy of the certificate. And we were able to um, explain to the court um, with sufficient detail why she couldn't get it, and she was able to get the divorce regardless okay. of that. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so there is that's a really nice um, support uh, that you can provide as well, isn't it? 
Yes, so if, if you are stuck, and so a straightforward divorce, please do it yourself. But yes. if, if something arises and it gets a little bit tricky, um, then please get some legal advice. Yeah. So some of the other things that might arise, um, people might not be aware, if you've been married for less than two years, you must attend counselling to explore ah. the possibility of reconciliation. Okay. And so then you have to get a certificate from the counsellor to say you've at least considered the possibility, yes. you've had the counselling, yes. and you still want to go ahead. Okay. Um, sometimes people, um, so so we talked about you have to be separated for 12 months. Sometimes people have separated, but they're living under the same roof. Mm. And, and it might be for financial reasons. It might be for um, sharing care of children. Um, often it's because... It's so expensive for people to separate and, for, you know, to rehouse and, to, you know, for the families to split into two mm. households. Sometimes they will have to stay under the same roof until the house is sold, for example. Mm. Yeah. Um, so in that instance, again, it's, I, I think that's a situation where it's important to get some advice because you'll need to provide extra evidence to the court that, that you have been separated but living under the same roof. So, yes. um, for example, you'll need affidavits of the parties um, and sometimes corroborating ones. So it might be friends or family members or neighbours who can say, I visited the house and I, you know, I know they're in separate rooms or um, you know, the other party hasn't come to Christmas for the last two years. They're living in the same house, but we're doing things separately. Or, yes. You know, those sorts of things. Yes. Um, yeah. Another is where you can't find your spouse. So you, mm. you've been separated for a while. You don't know where they are. Yeah. Um, the court requires you to take all reasonable steps to find your spouse. So you make inquiries with family, friends, last known employer, that sort of thing. Um, and if you can't find them, again, that's a situation where you might need legal advice and you'll need to seek an order to either dispense with service, which means have the application heard without serving the other person, or for substituted service. So, for example, if there's someone else who that person has contact with that they won't tell you where the person is. It might be a parent or it might be a, a new partner or something oh, like yes. that. Um, you can get an order to substitute service on that other person. Okay, yeah, so there's ways around that. those things are tricky and, and so they're things that it's mm-hmm. best to get advice about. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so what about cost, Cuppy? I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Adam, so there's a filing fee that you pay to the court and that is currently up to $1,060. Um, you can, if you're eligible, so for example, if you have a healthcare card, you can pay a reduced fee of $350. Um, if you're somewhere in between, you're not eligible, but, but paying the full fee will cause you financial hardship, there's a form you can fill out on the portal so you can apply for a reduced fee and you can explain to the court why it is that you will suffer financial hardship mm-hmm. if you've got to pay that full amount. Okay. Um, and then on top of your filing fee, if you do it yourself, um, if you have to serve the other person, then a process server will charge you a fee for handing the documents over. Um, and if you have a lawyer to prepare the divorce for you or do any of those other supporting documents like affidavits that we talked about, um, the cost will really depend on, on, on the complexity of what's required. Great. So, yeah, it sounds like there's options for, for everyone there from yes. a cost perspective. Yeah. All right. So then what happens next? Okay. So you file your application and you serve it if, you, if it has to be served. Um, if the court will then um, look at your documents and set a court date. 
if there's something that's missing that you need to file, so say for example you've, you've filed your application on the portal but you haven't filed your marriage certificate or or you've been separated for 12, uh, not you've been separated under the same roof and you haven't filed an affidavit, the court might ask you to file other things, but otherwise you'll get a copy of your documents back with a court date and time stamped on them. Um, and as I said, if it's a sole application, then you need to serve the other party, um, but otherwise you'll then have a court hearing date. Um, now, you often don't have to attend, as we were talking about before, you don't necessarily have to attend the hearing, um, but the hearings are mostly heard electronically now. I think it's now um, the exception rather than the rule. Okay. That actually Flexibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that's a, a post-COVID thing. Yes. Um, so, yeah, mostly it's heard electronically. Um, if you have to attend, the court will send you a link, a Teams link, so that you can dial in. Um, the court will then check that you've filed everything that you need to file and all the requirements have been met. And if everything's in order, they'll, order, they'll make an order at the hearing that you're divorce is granted. So if you're not there, um, the court will let you know about it afterwards. And if you are there, you'll, you'll hear about that on the day. Um, if it's not granted because something has gone wrong or there's not enough information, the application will be adjourned to a new date and the court will explain to you why the order hasn't been made and what you need to do to fix to it, fix essentially. It. Yeah. Um, so when you roll around to the next date, it should, the order should be made then. Yes. Um, yes. The other thing that's important to know is that when the divorce is granted, it will be finalised one month and one day later, um, and it usually takes about six weeks from the date of hearing for you to be able to access the divorce order um, on the court portal. Yes. And you get an you get an electronic document effectively with an electronic seal and signature, and that yes. is an original divorce order, and that's your official record. Okay. Um, and that's what you need to prove that your divorce has been granted. So, for example, if you're wanting to get married again or for whatever other reason, you need to prove that you're divorced. Yes. That's the document that you that's get. That's the document. So one month and one day. So it could yeah. be quite streamlined, really. It has sounds post-COVID that it's actually quite streamlined and, um, you know, in, in a very simple, non-complex case. Um, and, you know, as, as you've mentioned to us before, there's the, the divorce part and then there's, you know, the financial separation is a, is a different piece. Um, but yes. the actual divorce process itself ca has been quite simplified and could actually be done um, and supported um, uh, by, you know, just an individual could go through that process. But if there's anything yes. tricky to, to gain that support um, and advice, of course... Yeah, that's right. And look, the court has a lot of information on its website um, and is very helpful if you've got queries as well. So you could try contacting the court first, but if there's something a bit trickier that you need to do, then contact a lawyer and get some advice. Absolutely. And you've said that the Commonwealth Courts portal online is a really great place to start. Well, that, that's where you file your documents. Yes. The, um, the website of the court, which is the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia website, um, is the place to start. There's lots of information there. Fantastic. Thank you, Cappy. I was going to say, um, is there a difference, though, in terms of procedure, uh, in terms of um, a divorce versus an annulment? Or is an annulment really something that, that the church or, uh, takes charge of? Yeah, an annulment is a, is a much more complicated process and a much less usual application mm -hmm. um, because it's, a divorce is saying the marriage is over and we want to finalise that, yes. whereas an annulment is saying... The marriage never happened. Yes, it wasn't so valid. Ah, yeah, yes, I see. Right. I so see. That's a much tricky 
a procedure, which I would not recommend that you do yourself. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> thank you for that. Oh, thank you for sharing all of that wonderful information for us. And it's been um, a pleasure to have you on the show this year. We hope to have you again on our show, perhaps in January, February. Um, yes, if you'll if you'll uh, willing and able to um, <laughs> share some more of your insights. I would be uh, very happy. To <laughs> have a wonderful um, Christmas if you're celebrating and um, we you. look forward to speaking with you in the new year. Thank you. Yeah, and enjoy your holidays and, and, and all the best to Jeremy too. Thanks so much, Guppy. Thank you very much and to you and to all your listeners. Yeah. Um, have a very happy, um, safe and healthy festival. Yes, we will do. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Okay. Thank you. The wonderful kids in the kitchen, an oldie bit of goodie again, playing from my 80s mix, which I just love, um, a wonderful, wonderful option. And uh, we also have the wonderful Jacinta Styles McNina on the phone with us, our wonderful colleague, calling in from afar. How are you today, lovely? Good afternoon, everybody. I'm well, thank you. Just surviving the floods up here in West. Gippsland. Oh, yeah. Is everything uh, dried out, Jacinta? Is that everything dried out? Now? Oh, not really, Barbara. Oh, We're, there's, no, it hasn't dried out. Today's been the first day that we've actually had sunshine. So, Gosh. I don't know, it said Melbourne was going to be 30, but I think it got to about 25 here or something. It was lovely. But we, oh my gosh, it, it was, the place has been flooded inside. Oh, the place has never been flooded in before because oh. we've had plenty of that. And uh, so it's all new and exciting, little puddles of every of water we're finding everywhere. <laughs> oh, so anyway, but um, it's it's all good and looking forward to a bit of warmer weather. Yes, well, the heat's hopefully helping all of that water retreat a little, but um, I guess we're filling up our, our water dams and things like that. But, uh, you know, you want it to fall in the right place, don't you? You do, and it's interesting. We went for a little drive yesterday because a lot of the roads have been you know, closed off here, but we were able to go to the Thompson Bridge where obviously all Melbourne oh, water yes. comes from the Thompson River. Yeah. The Thompson Dam, I should yes. say. And oh my gosh, it was it was amazing the um the current and the just the water was just absolutely flowing so fast and it was just oh you know, it it, it had burst the banks, it was all just everywhere. Amazing. So um, wow. Very interesting to see. Yeah. White water rafters would be pleased, but uh... they would be pleased. Yes, it didn't look <laughs> no, it didn't no one look else. To me, but yeah. not yet. That's right. So anyway, we're we're just um, looking forward to a bit more warmer, a warmer weather, a little bit drier because it's awful driving in the rain as well. I'm sure everybody feels the same. You you, you um, get into the car with a little bit more nervousness when it's raining. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. You know, you want to be safe on the roads. You want to, you know, and it's kind of silly season, you know, well and truly sort of mm. started. Yes. So we, we do want to make sure that we're um, looking after ourselves. So take care if oh, you're out yes, there in Gippsland and you take care. Yeah, definitely. I am definitely doing that um, and counting down the days till we get home. So oh, it'll yes. Be really <laughs> well, I was telling um, listeners about our celebration that we're having with uh, – uh, the shovel. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, so we're looking forward to war, the war on 2023. That was and sure. um, uh, and celebrating there with um, some dinner as well. So we're looking yeah. forward to that. We really are looking forward to that. And it, it's it's 
interesting you should mention the shovel because that's a lovely segue. I oh. don't know whether I, I've been I listening not. to you. I have but not. not. That's the very beginning. Oh, excellent. You're, you're, it's all yours. May I? It's your food for thought. <laughs> may I? That you is may. wonderful. Well, it, people may have heard today that the uh, mayor of the Gold Coast, I think, um, finally decided to pack up his uh, bat and ball and go home because he had offered to host the Commonwealth Games and there was absolutely <laughs> deafening silence from the government. They were like, yes. no, I don't think so. So he's like, right, that's it. The offer is now being withdrawn. So, of course, the shovel has a, a wonderful little take on this uh, <laughs> that dropped into my inbox this morning. And it goes like this. Geelong Grammar agrees to host the Commonwealth Games after Victorian government concedes it can't afford it. Geelong Grammar has thrown the Victorian government a lifeline, agreeing to host the 2026 Commonwealth Games using its existing Olympic Swimming Centre, Athletic Stadium, Velodrome and Equestrian Arena. Mm. The school beat competing bids from Scotch College, yeah. Melbourne Grammar and the King's School in Sydney. Wow. A spokesperson for Geelong Grammar said the school's gymnastics stadium and water polo arena would <laughs> require minor repainting. Minor. But otherwise, all venues were ready to go. We will need to build a grandstand for our volleyball facility, obviously. Obviously. And we'll probably want a second golf course for the players to practice on. But both of those projects have been greenlit in our 2023-24 budget anyway, he said. Premier Jacinta Allen acknowledged that hosting international sporting events was not financially viable <laughs> for state and federal governments in today's economic climate. Uh. Increasingly, we'll be looking to government-funded private schools to host events. Uh. <laughs> yes. Maybe. Ouch. Maybe that's the solution. <laughs> Maybe that is actually the solution. <laughs> well, you know what? It's it's not so funny because there are some amazing grounds out there. Um, uh-huh. So, yes, at some of our prestigious schools. So, uh, not you know, funny, but um, not so unrealistic either. Not so unreal. And we do have some great sporting facilities already. Um, I know. Amazing. Absolutely incredible schools around. Yeah, it is. Uh, So there we go. That's it. But uh, um, So who knows what will happen, in fact, to the Commonwealth Games now. I mean, I I just don't know what they're going to do. I think it might be a matter of let's just give it a big miss and forget about it. Yeah, I think so. No one seems to be taking up the baton on that one, so to speak. No one wants. No. no pun um, intended. Speaking of puns, exactly. <laughs> speaking no of funny. puns, jokes, perhaps riddles. What gets up your nose? Or <laughs> even what gets are up your nose? Are, are we going to go there? <laughs> Let's go there. Let's do it. All right. Um, so, uh, jokes. I'm I'm seeing that uh, Barb has her little uh, <laughs> little book out, ready to roll. So I'm going to ask. You, Barbara, do you have a, a joke to start us off with? Well, I've just got some silly book titles because it's the time of year when some of us are thinking about uh, getting into reading or will be shortly when we're on holidays and perhaps uh, asking for uh, Father Christmas to bring us some good books. Uh, anyway, these ones might sound a bit familiar, but I'll give it a whirl. Silly book titles. The Invisible Man by Peter Out. How to Be Taller by Stand Up. A Terrible Nightmare by Gladys Over. Famous Frights by Terrified, Strong Winds by Gale Force, 
Swimming the English Channel by Frances Nia. Speaking French by Lorna Language. And Great Expectations by Charles Chickens. And I think I'll leave it there. Oh, that's lovely, Barbara. I love that little tweet on the joke. Very silly. Very, very good. Very, very very good. Very, very good. Love it. Oh, dear. All right. Well, look, I don't know that I can better that. But I've gone for the Christmas theme because I thought, Uh well, we're going there. We're allowed. (laughs) And um, we we are allowed. In fact, we we are almost compelled to speak about Christmas. So (laughs) a couple of little jokes Mm -hmm. for me. What is a vegan's favourite Christmas carol? What? Joy to the world. The what of the world? Joy. Joy Joy to the world. (laughs) And a big big shout-out to all our vegan friends as well. Yes, yes. How much did Santa pay for his sleigh? Uh, Do tell. Nothing. It was on the house. It was on the house. Of course. (laughs) What did one Christmas tree say to another? Mm, Don't be sure. Something spiky. Lighten up. Lighten up. Oh, yes. yes. And that is the end. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, very good. We'll have to um, try and follow that theme for our uh, our next show. But um, yes. I don't have any Christmas-themed ones, but <laughs> I have um, a couple from the family f- font. <laughs> um, which is faster, uh, hot? Which is faster, hot or cold? Don't know. Hot because you can't catch a cold. Uh, um, what do you call a pony with a sore throat? A little oh. horse? Yes! Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's cute. I like that one. Um, what happens when a strawberry gets run over um, crossing the street? What? A traffic jam. Uh. <laughs> and I think I may have mentioned this one previously. Um, what is the difference between a piano, tuner and glue? Mm. I think you did. And you know what? I can't remember what it is. You can tune a piano, but you can't piano a tuner. Uh, And then you're supposed to ask, but what about the glue? Yeah. And that's what What people get stuck on. There you go. I think it's already been said that one. (laughs) Yes. It's one that just keeps on giving. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting good with these jokes. Um, Do you have a what, what gets, gets up, up your nose? Your nose. Mm. Okay. Look, I, I'm going to have to try. I'll start, but I, I really need to keep this very succinct because I could go on and on about oh, it. So I'm, 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 I'm going to be very disciplined. But I'm closing a business at the moment, and I am, of course, that when you close a business, you have to cancel your services. Yes. So that's, that's a pain in the neck. You know, it's just like huge. Anyway, um makes it very difficult. I could not believe, in fact, I did say to the person I was speaking to, is this the 1920, is this year 1925 or something? Because <laughs> when I tried to future date my internet service um, cancelling, uh, I was told that, oh, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that until the actual day in real time. Now, first of all, I'm sitting on the phone for like 45 minutes Yes. Waiting for them to get to me. Mm. Then they get to me and I say, right, I want a future date, this. And they're like, oh, sorry, that must be cut off in real time on the day. And I'm like, do you know what I'll be doing on the day that I'm leaving here? I'll be running around like a headless chalk and I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. (laughs) And what happened? 
So anyway, the guy said to me, oh, well, I suppose I will just have to manually do it then. Oh, oh no. Oh, you did it. So I'm like, goodness. okay, then, that would be great. Yeah, that's what you're paid for. That's really what I was asking for. Just do your job. So that gets up my nose. Computer says no. It's just like, <laughs> and the same thing happened with my mobile phone. That um, great. Canceled. It was like, no, sorry, can't do it today. Can't do it today. So next week, nope, has oh, to be on the day. So, you know, yeah. I mean, really, it is tricky, isn't so it? So it's hard enough. So that makes it a little bit hard. But anyway, what what really makes my day and has made my day in the last you know, 12 hours or so, is that the rain has stopped up here and the sun is out and I went outside and warmed myself up and it was just beautiful. Yeah, it's hot, isn't it? Nothing like a bit of vitamin D. Yes, yes. It is interesting time, so that certainly would get up my nose as well. Mm. Um, my what gets up my nose um, was to do with needing a little bit of cash. So um, the said <laughs> son who be. had, um, yeah, I know, like who knew it would be so hard to get some cash. So um, I don't carry cash because what, I, what makes my day is that I love using my phone. I like... Oh, you know, all the online things that you can do, you know, that is all very convenient. And then maybe school might ask the parents, you know, to bring, send with your student $25 has to be in cash. And I thought, okay, where will I get $25? It happened to be in the evening when I realized I needed this. And I thought, where is the ATM? Of course, there's no ATM. <laughs> so how do you get cash out? Well, I had to tootle down to Coles, didn't I, to to go to um, the the good old supermarket to say to you, can I get cash out here? And then I actually thought, well, I might as well get a few items. And then when I went back to the cash register, which there isn't any, it's all serve yourself. Yes. Um, there was no one there. So I couldn't get any cash out there. So I had to sort of stand there and look up and think, is someone looking on a camera or looking at me? Do I need to clap my hands? And finally someone came to one of the cash registers in the vicinity and said, oh, yes, you can get cash out, um, but you have to do it over here. Um, and so then I did. But, I mean, it's really, really hard to get the good old plastic um, the, the, the bendable plastic that we call cash nowadays. Mm. So, um, th- that no, no ATMs anywhere. Um, no. that, you know, they're all closing down. So it is very, very hard to get cash. So. And very hard to get service sometimes. And, many staff and members are out of certain places. And, yes. uh, it's really the supermarkets that are offering that service now. So mm. anyway, um, wow. yeah, I just thought that That's was interesting. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, what about you, Barbara? What's your... What gets up my oh, nose? What makes you day, though? Oh, yes, oh, oh, I do rely a lot on my phone and just tapping and going, and I find that a very convenient yes. service. And you I have all my cards it. on a Stow card app on my oh, phone. Yeah, nice. But if my phone got lost, I'd be in strife. Oh, <laughs> but I, um, I don't have to carry any plastic cards oh, anymore, okay. which is great. There you go. Yeah. Now, thank you, Nicole. Um, yes, well, what gets up my nose? We actually did touch on it earlier. I don't know if you were listening in just into it uh, uh, earlier in the week. Um, I was uh, at a cultural institution having a wonderful time um, at an art exhibition and then wandered out on a high. I only discovered that I had a nasty little piece of paper stuck on my car windscreen and I hadn't had one of those parking tickets for many, many months. And, uh, but I was not the only one who was caught out. Um, in this particular area but what was really horrific is that when I opened it up there lo and behold this particular council is notorious for this 
uh, was a fine for almost $200. <gasps> I'm not kidding. This is because apparently I was in a clear way after a certain time. Oh, no. And I had thought I'd looked at the, their parking signs. Uh, well, I, I, I stand corrected. Look, I'm prepared to admit, yes, I, I was in the wrong. But almost $200 for that? That's I a writing exercise. I think I so. Think, I wasn't Barbara. drink driving. I wasn't speeding. Um, in terms of causing potential danger to other road users, I think it was fairly negligible. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. Yeah. need a Nicole McCall of special written letter. <laughs> yes, it may it may do because I was, I was not the only one caught out. It was, it was on my own, maybe. I'll be different, but anyway, there were several other vehicles who'd been pinged as well. So that sort of hey, got, up, got up my nose. Yeah, sorry, you're sorry. So just to, just on that, like I'm going to put a little bit of a positive spin on it for you because yes. it could have been worse. Once I drove past the clearway where a, a um, car was being towed away. Yeah. Oh yes, that's happened to me as well, but not yes. <laughs> a long time ago. And it wasn't yes. even my car. It was a, it was someone's car I borrowed, oh, no. and I never had the nerve to tell them what had happened. But it cost me an arm and a leg to to rescue it. And I just get very quiet that's about the, the drama that the vehicle had been through while it was in my supposed care. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that was that's what gets up my nerves. Um, yes, totally, yeah, indeed. And what makes my day? Well, no, it's actually it's, it's a sad story, but it's also an uplifting story. Uh, Peter um, Murphy, the member for Dunkley, yeah. you, you heard, uh, died after a battle with cancer today. She's only 50 years of age. Yes. She's just yes. turned 50. It is extremely yeah. sad. And apparently she was an outstanding local member, a yeah. Victorian local member. Um, but she um, was diagnosed with cancer way back in 2011. But she was very brave and very forthright and very upfront about her struggles and also trying to alert women uh, to the warning signs of, um, of breast cancer and uh, I really admire people like that who can get, uh, remove themselves from their own struggles and, and look at the bigger picture and see how can I make this situation actually of, of some benefit to other people. Um, and I know it's not everyone who can do that when they're stricken with um, you know, that sort of thing, but um, I really I really admire people who do and they, they make my day. Yeah, well done, Barbara. I, I agree with you. It's such an admirable, admirable quality and I... I don't know how people do that. It's, it's amazing. And um, obviously, you know, being able to take the focus off themselves yes. but use their situation for the good of other people to help others is pretty extraordinary. It is. It's, it's, it's very it's outstanding. Yeah. yeah, very resilient, strong, courageous Absolutely person. Absolutely beautiful. Yes, Absolutely yes. beautiful. Indeed. Um, guys, I know we're... Because oh, I'm watching the clock for you. Yes. I, even though I don't have to press any buttons, I'm watching <laughs> <laughs> could, I, could I just go out with a couple of little um, destinations for travel? Oh, yes, please. Well, I found these today. It, it, if you sort of are planning a quick getaway in January and you maybe haven't sort of done anything at the moment, I found a couple of these quite interesting. So a couple of countries, Rwanda, which I had never thought about. Wow. Um, yeah, apparently it's the go-to destination. It's an up-and-coming destination. It's still in a modest price range and January is their dry period so it's great for trekking you know they've got beautiful national parks wildlife etc uh, all around the place and volcanoes and national parks amazing scenery wow. so it's a really interesting one yeah um, fascinating never about it. no it's not on my radar no uh, of course there's the wonderful and the beautiful Vietnam and Japan oh yes and more well known obviously um, deals there. another Another one that struck me was uh, the, the the beautiful and amazing Antarctica. Now, oh, yes. uh, we know it's not a country, but obviously, I had a friend who went there earlier this year, and she was uh, by the oh, way, literally almost. How yes. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that would be amazing if you could get yes. there. Yes. 
I'm heading off to Bali late in mm. January. I've never been there. I never had a desire to go to Bali, but I'm going to a beautiful two-week retreat to restore and relax and try and get everything sort of back together again in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to a beautiful luxury retreat. It so, is something um, you can definitely do there. Um, and not that I'm joining you, but we've decided <laughs> we were tossing up uh, between <laughs> Vietnam and Bali. We have been to Bali before 25 years ago. Yes. And um, you can get these. So family villas are the thing to do there now. And you can get self-contained family villas with your own pool all, you know, services um, very luxurious for very, very reasonable prices in out of the thick of sort of the Kuda Ligian space, um, either beachside, jungle side, and the West Coast, uh, sorry, is very, very beautiful. Uh, sorry, the East Coast is very, very beautiful. Um, and some of the little islands off the side there as well. So um, we're going to partake a bit of all of those things uh, in a very That's short wonderful. week holiday. <laughs> yeah. I think most people would be, you're looking for that bogan-free zone, you know. Yes, the bogan-free zone. Yes, yes. so I yeah, said to my yeah. son, he's going to have to have his hair cut before we go, otherwise he get, might get mistaken um, <laughs> for one of those uh, people. So um, He's not sporting a mullet, is he? Uh, he he's trying to sport one, <laughs> and I'm resisting. So um, if you're out there to my 12-year-old who did graduate from grade six today, mm. congratulations. Oh, um, we're hoping for a mild haircut before we go so we bring that that back end that party end uh back into line thank you and can i just while on the subject of holidays my niece hannah if you're listening hello um she's off to bali she hopes on sunday but unfortunately she just Ooh. came back from new zealand from a, a conference and she uh, picked up the dreaded bug again and apparently um some other friends who've been over to new zealand have brought it back as well so just be very careful if you're heading over mm. that neck of the woods mask on the plane mm. and yes yeah, so make sure you leave on a plane. Exactly. Marks, masks on a plane. That's right. So just, just be careful because it's out there. It, it Very is good. really, really out there. Absolutely. Well, Nicole, what a lovely transition period for you and the lovely um, grade six graduate. <laughs> I know. This is the new, like, secondary school next year. Big, big school. Yeah, we're growing yeah, up now. Big boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Doesn't want to kiss mum or hug mum anymore. It's too cool. <laughs> no, that's right. That's yeah. all over. Forget no, it. It's gone. <laughs> I, I, should now. You, I should let you lovely go. Thanks so much for checking in. Thank you. I can't wait to be there in person next week. Looking yes. forward to that. Looking forward Lovely. to seeing you. Thank Have you. a good rest of, yeah, rest of your week. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Just cutting Nick a little bit short there. You're on Big Life Conversation with Barbara and Nicole. We just spoke with our lovely colleague, Jacinta McNina. So good to check in with her. We've got a couple of little things before we wrap up today and say goodbye and send you on your way, Barbara. Yes, just a a film which was, well, not for the faint-hearted that I caught during the week, Nicole. We were talking about it off here. The Royal Hotel, set in Australia, and refers to a pub in the Australian outback where Hannah, played by Julie Garner, and um, her, her friend, who are backpacking from Canada, um, are forced to take a job pulling beers. Now, this pub is way, way, way in the outback, very isolated. And um, basically, that means managing the needs of the mostly male customers, and it's stressful enough, um, according to the blurb here, even when no one steps over the, the line, 
Um, but put it this way, it's, it hasn't been described as a horror movie or a thriller, but it is confronting. And I actually thought it reminded me of a female version of uh, the famous film Waking Friday. A bit of an indictment of, um, shall we say, some male behaviour. Um, a great performance from Hugo Weaving as an obnoxious um, alcoholic publican. Uh, but this harassment, the sexual harassment and the racism, um, the sexism, uh, is still still on view. And, and uh, this is, as I say, a few years, a few years after Wake and Fright was made. Uh, interesting to see, though, some more positive role models when it comes to Indigenous people. Thank you. Um, sounds like a, a really creepy show, or but a, rated a, MA. a very good <laughs> show as well. We're going to say bye for now. We've got a couple of promos for our... Um, our sponsors and the news, and then it's over to Primary Perspectives. Have a good week, everyone. Catch you next week with two mystery guests. Yes. Thanks Bye for, for listening. Now. Bye.